This show is for every woman who has accepted pain and discomfort as inherent to being a woman, or who has denied any part of themselves to make it or feel accepted. Women of reproductive age have been left out of a lot of research because our bodies and our hormones are considered too complicated. What is worse is this idea trickles down to education, leaving most women with very little information about how their bodies work. Not only are we not taught how our bodies work, but once you start asking questions, it is surprisingly difficult to find answers. I believe that every woman deserves to know how her body works, to recognize when symptoms arise, and to feel confident in her inner voice. Because the pain, the mood swings, and the hormones are not your problem. They're your body's messengers. I am here to confront and change narratives around being a woman, being hormonal, and yes, PMSing. I'm your host, Brianna Villegas, and welcome to My Hormone Rants. Today we're talking all about blood work. When to get it, what to ask for, how to know when normal actually means normal, and how to decipher the information that you get to actually take action steps towards healing your body. And I'm super excited to be inviting Lauren Nelson into this conversation. She is a traditional naturopath and health coach who specializes in finding the root cause of mysterious health issues through blood work. She's dealt with this personally. She's had a 16-year journey of being of being bedbound that led her to take her healing into her own hands and found the root cause of her health issues in her blood work. Despite her doctors telling her everything was normal, Lauren found the keys to regaining her health within learning to read her blood work differently and acknowledging the emotional side of healing. And now she does the same for her clients and she's bringing a wealth of knowledge into this conversation. So let's jump in. Welcome, Lauren. I'm so excited to have you today and talk about blood work, how we interpret it, what it means for us, especially as individuals. Um, But yeah, first, just thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for having me. This is going to be a fun conversation. Because like one thing that I've stressed a lot um, in various episodes is like you don't need a test to know if you don't feel good in your body. And like that's such an important place, I think, for people to start even like going into a conversation with their doctor because there has been such a history of gaslighting, such a history of like, you're normal, so it's either in your head or, you know, you're SOL. (laughs) Um, So how did you kind of come about like taking a process like this um, from being something that's really invalidating and frustrating to something that's really empowering, both in your journey as well as your clients? Yeah, so my my story is pretty extreme. I'm in my mid-30s now. And when I was about 16, 17, I started getting really tired. And I just, I knew, just like you said, something was off. So I started going to the doctor. They just would take blood work and say, oh, you're normal. Like everything looks good. You're just a teenager. Maybe you're growing, you know, whatever the the results may be. So time went on. I am getting worse. I'm getting worse. Most of my 20s, I spent stuck in my house. I was so tired. I had so many digestion issues. I'd go to the doctor. I'd get told everything looked good, reduce your stress, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I am basically housebound and bedbound at this point. <laughs> like, I don't really have a lot of stress because I just lay in bed all day. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I'd have, I would have that side of the experience or I'd go see somebody 
um, in the holistic field and they kind of give me these like crazy diagnoses where I was just like, that's so scary. I'd spend thousands of dollars in supplements and they'd make me worse. Mm-hmm. So I decided to take healing into my own hands and I started lo- looking at all the blood work I'd had over the years. And at this point, I I had become a research bunny. I think anytime that you know that something's off in your body and you're not getting the answers that you want, you take, you're like, all right, I'll figure this out. And so we go down the the Google hole. We didn't, I didn't have Google at that point because it was almost 20 years ago, but um, so, you know, books and whatever it may be. And I started seeing these trends and I'm like, okay, this is off. And this day I had my blood work and I felt really terrible and kind of this kind of change. And so I'd start to see trends on myself. I eventually started kind of figuring things out. I also realized at that time I was living in moldy house. And so I had, I moved out of that house, started getting my life back together. And so I went back to school and decided I'm going to heal at least myself a hundred percent. And then if I can heal myself, I'm going to help heal others because this has been quite the journey and and many years. I mean, at this point I was like 14 or 15 years into the, um, to, to not feeling good. And so I went back to school, took healing into my own hands and really dove into this blood work because they're, that's what you do. You know, you go to the doctor, you say you don't feel good and that's what they do. Let's take some blood work and let's, let's see what the results say. And then 90% of the time they're like, Oh, everything's good. But in reality, um, if you want to really optimize your health and those ranges in the blood work are so wide that you'd basically be completely, just completely bed bound <laughs> for for many, if um, things looked not right. So, um, so yeah, I, I was able to heal myself. In the meantime, my mom was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer and I've gone on the journey with her of optimizing her health. And um, I'm happy to say she's alive and well right now. And stage four, they, you never get out into remission, but um, she's feeling the best she's ever felt. And it's all thanks to watching blood work markers and trends and, um, and really making sure that we're optimizing someone's health. For me, I, I don't look at a diagnosis. I don't treat or, you know, any of that, mm-hmm. but I just look at blood markers and I go, okay, how can we make you as healthy as possible? And, um, it's been a really fun journey to, and I, you know, it's one that's never ending on the learning scale because I'll get someone that will come in and I'll go, okay, this is different. And I go Mm -hmm. down the rabbit hole again and, and find answers when, um, when they've been lost and looking for so many years. And I really love what you're talking about of like optimization, because like when we think about, you know, blood work, like what you know, a medical professional, like their goal is in that test, right? To like kind of identify, are you like surviving, right? Like that's (laughs) That's what the test says. Like you're still alive. (laughs) Your heart is still beating. (laughs) And you're like, great. Congratulations. (laughs) Great. But I I think there's, yeah, sometimes there's this like conflation with these words of like, we hear normal and what we want that to mean is like optimal. Like I feel good. Normal should be good. But like in the medical sense, like normal just means like you're not dying. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't need to have like any intense intervention. Yeah. But yeah, that's not what we're going for. You know, <laughs> exactly. like we can do better than that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think especially as women, you know, I, my husband, I can barely get him into the doctor's office. But women, we were more in, we 
are a little more in tune with our body just because we have, you know, our menstrual cycle and mm-hmm. we carry babies. And so we really are always paying attention to, to different right. things. We get so, so much more input that we exactly. can like notice those fluctuations, notice what's normal for us, what's not normal. Yeah. And then we're like, Hey, yeah. So you raise my doctor, hand, like something's, you know, something's different. Yeah. And so, yeah, with our hormones and everything, it's just, I think that we can be a little bit more dismissed by the medical system, no fault to the doctors. I mean, they're, we're all trying to do our best, but, um, but I think that because we're in there a little bit more often and because some of our complaints can be a little more generalized of like, I'm tired. Well, you just had a baby. So that would make sense why you're tired or, you know, whatever the, uh, the symptoms may be, it's a little, they're, they're a little more generic. And so it's easier to just say, Hey, get some more sleep and you'll feel better. Hey, reduce your stress and you'll feel better when really there could be something going on that it's could be an easy tweak and you'd Mm -hmm. feel optimized. Yeah. And I think that idea too, of like, when we come in with generalized like things of like, I'm a little more tired or like my mood's a little bit off, that doesn't give doctors that much to work with either. And so then the recommendations are like, you know, lose weight, reduce stress. But even that is like, what does that mean? Because it's like, well, like in your case, you were bedridden, like there was no external stressors happening. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, what can I reduce? What do I do when it's like not, even touching on like what internal stress our body is dealing with and like Mm -hmm. that understanding of these levels and how your body's responding to it is huge. Yeah. No, it's so true. I always have this kind of bathtub analogy of, so you have a bathtub and you've got the drain at the bottom of the bathtub and there's things that start to fill up your bathtub, Um, emotions, bad food, infections, you know, and our bathtub is filling up and the drain is staying the same. And at some point our bathtub starts to overflow and you're getting all these symptoms. But if we can pay attention to those little things, little whispers as our bathtub's filling up, it's, it's so important because that the sooner we can catch something, the easier it is to deal with. For sure. One other thing you mentioned is like noticing trends in blood work. So in your experience, is it helpful to get blood work like regularly and how regular to actually start to identify those trends. So when I work with my clients, they're, they go, you know, how I've been seeing the doctor for the past 10 years. I haven't felt good for 10 years. I'm like, send it all to me because Mm -hmm. the more information and the more data I have, the better. I would say at a minimum once a year, go get your generalized blood work. Um, Sometimes when I'm working with clients, I like to see it every six months, but also it takes a long time for our bodies to heal. Mm -hmm. And that those numbers, you know, when I start working with a client, those numbers might not move overnight because our bodies are healing. And so I'm like, you know, if we go get blood work in six months from now, don't be alarmed if things are not where we want them to be, because our bodies will respond when they, when they need to respond, we're doing the right thing, but it just like, it takes a long time to get sick, it takes a long time to, it can take a long time to heal. I wish it was faster, but it's not always an overnight process. Right. And creating that safety for your body too. A lot of times our body needs to have a certain amount of time of consistent safety before it's like, okay, now I'm ready to trust that this is a permanent, you know, or at least a more permanent uh, state of being and not like another fad thing you're trying. (laughs) And so true. That's such a good point. I mean, I know in my journey when I was I'm really sick, you know, I'd try something and I'd, it made me make me feel better, like for three days and then it stopped working. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, ah, like, why is this stop working? And it's like, well, our bodies 
you know, it's, it's healing isn't linear. It's, it, it's messy mm-hmm. and you might feel better one day and it might go down. And yeah, I wish it was just like this simple, like, Oh, yep. You know, in a week you will feel amazing, but it just, it, it takes a little bit longer. Yeah. And recognizing that journey to get where you're at too is so important. Like you said, of like, this is taking you a lifetime to arrive at this point, like having some patience in the reversal of that as well is so, so important, but also empowering to know that like, there's so many things that you can do. There's so many steps you can take and like our bodies are so resilient. Like your body wants to heal Yes, and just creating that environment, having trust in your body that it will do what it's really designed to do. That's what it wants to do. Yeah. It's, I love that you said that because our bodies do want to heal. They want to be at that homeostasis. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be having, I always think of like, you know, when you have so many tabs on a computer screen open (laughs) and your computer doesn't work, I'm like, your body wants to close all those tabs. It wants Mm -hmm. to be optimized, but we just have to let it get there. And we have to also add in, look at the emotional side of things too. I mean, I think that's half of it is making sure that we are in a state of you know, no stress. Yes, there might be something in your body that's causing you stress, but if we can take the fear out of healing and take, Mm -hmm. you know, and go back to just taking those, all those screens away on the computer, our bodies will heal a lot faster. Yeah. I definitely found that in my journey with PMDD, where yes, there were, um, you know, physical things that I needed to work on in terms of like, you know, being more consistent in providing my body the nourishment it needed and, you know, sleep conditions. And there were steps like that, but I started there. And for me, like it did nothing until I shifted how I was working with my body that I was like, we're partnered together. We're both in here with the same goal instead of like doing things to my body. Cause at first it was like, all right, I'm cutting gluten, I'm cutting dairy, but it was like almost punishing myself. And I can see looking back, it's like, yeah, obviously my body wasn't like feeling safe and like in a place to heal at that point. For me, like dealing with that emotional side first and kind of in conjunction, but like, you know, getting that edge off yeah. with that, like really made a huge difference in, in my experience. It's so important. I was um, emailing with somebody that's looking to work with me and she was like, do you help with diet and food plan? You know, and I'm like, yes, but in my mind, I want to be able to have you eat a lot of things and like be able to enjoy your life. And I'm not looking to add restriction because that's exactly it. It's like, you're punishing your body. You're taking things away. You're depleting it even more. Yeah. We might need to take something away for a little bit to get back to baseline, but that's not the end goal. Mm -hmm. The end goal is to make sure that you're fueling it and fueling your body and living with it and loving yourself. And, and I think a lot of times with different types of autoimmunity and stuff, there is that emotional component of like this perfectionist type mentality. Mm -hmm. And, and it's a really, you know, slippery slope when you're in the healing journey of making sure that you're not going from one extreme to the other of like, all right, I've got to opt to, you know, I've got to get my sleep. I've got to do this crazy diet. I've got to take this away. And, and really just going, all right, I'm going to work with somebody. I'm going to trust my practitioner I'm not going to go down the Google rabbit holes Mm -hmm. and question that. I'm just going to live with ease and go on this new journey with them. Something that's been coming up a lot in my community recently is the idea of like good enoughness. Like you get to decide at any point in the health journey, what feels good enough for you Mm -hmm. today in this season of life. Like 
So, cause I think you can get into this idea of like, yes, we want to feel optimal. We want to feel good. But like you're saying, it can then go to extreme where like optimal is perfection, never having anything out of whack, never feeling any discomfort. And that's not the point. Um, and so much of that is out of our control. Like life happens, having that autonomy in the process that you get to decide if like, yeah, maybe you don't feel perfect every day, but. Exactly. And, and trying to create that perfection is just going to add that stress level, which my body body's already mm. internally stressed. And that's when that bathtub really starts to overflow. Yeah. And I know that I definitely, you know, a few, for a few years there, when I was really sick, I definitely did that. I was down to like four or five foods for two or three years. Like, I mean, yeah. and, um, and, you know, I was scared to go out to eat. I was scared to leave my house because I wouldn't have my food. I'd take my food in my cooler, like, you know, all the things. And when I started to let go of that and trust the process is when another part is just gets the ball rolling a little bit mm -hmm. faster. Yeah. And then you can actually start to notice like when those, the one supplement helps or the one diet change helps. I'm probably like 95% of the time gluten-free. And I do notice like if I eat certain, you know, super processed gluten foods, I don't feel my best. And so it's like, that's not worth it. Like I don't really miss it anymore. But then if we make like fresh bread, like I can eat fresh you know, homemade bread and like yeah. no problems. And it's like, there's still ways to enjoy these things without it feeling restrictive. And so different from the first time that I was like, all right, I'm cutting out all the things that make me happy. I know. <laughs> it's like, this, this isn't working. <laughs> this isn't working. It doesn't work. It's, it's a nice, it's a good place for us to start, especially when we're just like, just starting on the journey. It's like, mm -hmm. okay, what can I do? Oh, this person cut out dairy and they, now they're yeah. good. And it's like, it doesn't, I wish it worked like that, yeah. but actually I don't wish it worked like that. Cause I really like cheese. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, let's, let's keep the dairy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So now I want to like kind of dive a little bit deeper into like, okay, so what do we ask for? What does this test look like? As you mentioned, like getting general blood work once a year, is that literally like asking your doctor for blood work or do you need to ask for any additional like tests along with it? I know sometimes they don't do like full panels. Yeah. Yeah. So I've got a good little list, but it's, it's nothing that's going to be out of the ordinary. So when you do ask your doctor, they're going to be like, they're not going to be like, what is that? I've mm -hmm. got to look that up. I don't think I can run that for you. So the first one is the CBC with the differentials. Differentials is very important because that's what I use to look for any, if there's any underlying infections. So CBC mm -hmm. with differentials, you also want your CMP complete metabolic panel that will show us where your um, hydration status is, where your adrenals are, um, where your mitochondrial are doing. Um, so I want the CBC with differentials, the CMP. I also like to see a full thyroid panel. And sometimes your doctor might roll their eyes. So at the very, very minimum, get your TSH, your free T3, and your free T4 if they don't want to run the full thyroid panel. And the and the, make sure that they aren't just going, okay, I'll just run the TSH because that actually doesn't give us enough information. Yeah. So full thyroid panel. I also like to see an iron panel. Iron is like such an easy fix and it can be the reason for so many symptoms. So I like to see a full iron panel. I like to see um, a lipid panel for to see your cholesterol. And I also like to see vitamin D. Those are all basic blood work that you when that they're probably likely running anyways, mm -hmm. but sometimes you might miss one or two. And when I work with clients, it's like, okay, if 
if we're missing one of the thing, one of the things that's fine, but, um, but the CBC with differential is the most important for me when I work with clients is to make sure that they have that differential part, because that's where, that's where all the gold is. <laughs> it's like super interesting though, of like identifying for root causes where it's like, okay, maybe you might have like vitamin D a little bit low or this a little bit low, but if it's like, there's an underlying infection yes. <laughs> that is not apparent, you know, maybe on the surface, like, or at least, you know, crossing those off the list early. And so, you know, like where you're starting at is yeah, super helpful. Exactly. Yeah. When I work with clients, I, I can tell, I can tell vitamin, if a vitamin D is low, if I have the complete metabolic mm -hmm. panel, I can look at your calcium and figure out where you're at in that. But, but that differential is where we start with the root cause, because if you have any of those just annoying symptoms that aren't going away, it's likely going to show up in that CBC with differentials. And so then when you get this back from your doctor, I mean, the blood work I've seen, which I've mostly gotten like when I was pregnant, and it's always like a range, right? In this case, like with all of these tests, is it typically a range for all of them? Yeah. So when you go and you get your blood test and you, you go over it with your doctor, the range, and this is where I like to um, look at it differently, the range in most labs are so wide. Mm -hmm. So if we look at the white blood cell count, which would be in your CBC um, blood panel, so WBC, if you're listening, pull out your blood work, look for WBC. The range on a general lab is going to be probably now around 3 to 11. It depends on the labs. Yeah. But if you look at the ranges from like the 50s and 60s, like, you know, 60, 70 years ago, the range was actually 5 to 8. Wow. So as our population has gotten sicker, these ranges have gotten wider. If you think about it, you go to your doctor because you don't feel good. And those ranges are based on statistics from all the labs around the world. And they, so, so it's really as, just like an average. Exactly. So it's exactly. like how well you fit within the average of the population. Exactly. Is that even broken out by gender? Like I imagine with like yeah. pregnancy, they're like compared to other pregnant women. Um, but like if you're getting normal blood work, do they break that out? No, they don't. I mean, yeah. there, there's a few markers. Like Not surprising. Yeah. <laughs> it should be more surprising, but, but yeah, I mean, that's huge. Yeah. So like you're, if you're a 30 year old woman, you're being compared to a 10 year old boy and a 90 year old woman. Like, I mean, it's, we're yeah. all lumped into the same sum and it's like, okay, what is good for me might not be good for the person down the street. So yeah. our ranges have gotten so wide that if you're outside the range at this point, I'd be having alarm bells, <laughs> not just right. you, but it's is like, what happens, right? If you're outside yeah. that range, it's like immediately doing like hormone replacement or like some sort of yes. intervention is happening. Yes. But with the range that wide, it's like how many people actually fall outside of it. Exactly. Yeah. Going back to WBC, if my optimal range, and I've, I've compared this with many blood work specialists um, in the field, the really comes down to a range between five and eight. And anything outside of that range, I start thinking low-grade infection. So not like an infection where you've got this crazy fever and you're really sick and you're like, obviously something's wrong. It's these low-grade infections that, you know, you might feel tired or you might have brain fog or just this like kind of noise in the background where you just aren't quite feeling right. 
So that's, that's, that's like usually the first number I look at when I'm looking at the CBC. Yeah. And so when someone gets their blood work done, most likely their doctor is going to say like, it's normal. You fall within the range. And obviously if you're asking for blood work, it's because you're not feeling great. So is that something like you kind of gave us that range on that metric, but like for the most part, can someone kind of look at those numbers and interpret it for themselves? Or like, when is it like, okay, now I want to work with someone like you or a naturopath to break this down further? Yeah. So I have a free blood work guide on my website. Um, everyone can go and compare their results to my optimal ranges. Oh, we can also go through some of the differential percentage to, so people listening can go, okay, there might be something going on, but yeah, if, if they just want to go get my free blood work download on my website, it's really easy to just compare their results to mine and go, okay, I see that my really out of range, like maybe mm-hmm. I should start working with someone or I give tips and tricks of, of what they can do on by yes, themselves too. Awesome. Yeah. We can definitely link that in the show notes as well. That's super helpful. Okay. Great. I guess the other question and kind of how I want to wrap up is like thinking about this idea of like a lot of listeners are kind of at this point, they're connecting dots and are ready. Like the medical solutions I've been given, like haven't really helped. I haven't felt good on them. Um, So I'm open to a more holistic approach. What do you really see as the value of like having these numbers when a lot of times it's like balanced blood sugar, you know, nervous system regulation, like there's some of those basic things that you can do on your own to start healing things. But where do these numbers really come in as like helping guide that process? Yeah, I think that um, the numbers that I usually work with are for the people that are just not getting answers. Like you were saying Mm -hmm. earlier, when you're like, I was optimizing my sleep, I was doing all the things and I still, you know, I was eating good. Like I still knew something was wrong. That's when I think that someone like me would be helpful when people are trying lifestyle interventions and they are just not moving the needle the, the way that they know that they should be feeling. But I think lifestyle interventions are 80% of it. So, you know, we might just need to tweak a few things here and there. um, But it is a journey and it is going to be a little bit of a process. But I think when, when lifestyle interventions and adding in a meditation or stress reduction practice are just not working and they're like, I still have the symptoms, find someone like myself or you or whoever that will um, be able to help optimize them. Yeah, no. And I I love that um, as a message in general of like, there's so much information out there. There's so much you can do. I think all of us here in this space are like, we're here when you want that support and accountability. And I think too, with the testing, it's like, everyone's different. Some people are like, I know if I feel good, like I like to experiment or DIY and like, I'll just test it and see what works. And other people like there's so there can be that validation. I know it's here. It's on paper. It's not in my head. And even that again, on that emotional side, like we were talking about before can like add in that layer of like relief emotionally to actually take the steps that moving forward, that's going to actually like bring it all together. Yeah, no, it's so true. And I like, also my heart always goes out to anyone that's not feeling good because there's also a financial component Mm -hmm. to working with someone like us. And I mean, my goodness, I have been there. Like I would, and I'd get this hope of, you know, I'd spend hundreds of dollars and go see this person and 
I just would, it just kind of fizzle out and then I'd, I'd lose the hope and I'd lose a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so really doing your homework to make sure that the person is the right fit for you, because if, yeah. if you don't have trust in your person, then it's not going to be beneficial for uh, financially either for you. So it's like, okay, find your person and then stop Googling, keep your lifestyle interventions and, and yeah. just don't go down those stressful rabbit holes anymore that's so important and it comes up again and again in conversations that I have with other guests is like access is such a big piece of this um, and one that we always have to remember and acknowledge that we don't all have whether financial resources time resources like capacity even to go down that route so like also recognizing where you're at and and I love the the guide that you're sharing of like this at least lets you know like where you're at and where, especially with supplements, because I know you've shared this as well, like how much have we spent on supplements to be like, <laughs> like, are these even real? Like, is this a I sugar know. pill? Like, I don't, <laughs> and, but knowing like, okay, vitamin D is low. So like choosing to spend money on that or like an iron pill and like knowing that like, this is a specific need that's there. I can see how that can be so helpful in guiding that process of like, what's good enough for right now? What's going to make that like big impact? for me, where I'm at with my current resources, season of life, all of those things. Yeah. And just getting your, it's funny that you threw out vitamin D and iron because just getting your vitamin D up and your iron up into those optimal ranges, that alone can help change your life. So sometimes it can be as simple as that until you're ready to dive in further. It's baby steps and, and we'll get you there. It's, it's just a little bit of a, a process. Yeah. And I'd like to just ask you to end on sharing what is something that maybe you would wish you could go back and tell yourself in weathering that journey or to someone who's really in it right now. Yes. I, I think the biggest thing is that there's hope. I never thought that I'd be on the other side of this, being able to talk to you and say, there's Mm -hmm. answers, there's solutions. I mean, 16 years is a long time, especially when you're a young adult and there is hope and there are people out there that can hold your hand and get you better and to where you're going to be on the other side of it too. And you're not going to believe the life that you'll have on the other side of it because the things that you appreciate are just never ending. I mean, I will, this, just this weekend, I, we're, my husband and I were getting ready to go out to dinner and see some friends. And I'm like, I can't believe I have the energy to do this. So just know that there is hope when, um, when I felt so hopeless for so long. Thank you so much. That's beautiful. And I resonate so much with that myself. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Let us know where um, listeners can find you and learn more about your work. Yes. So um, that free blood work guide on, I'm also on TikTok and Instagram at Medela Healing. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more great episodes like this one, subscribe on iTunes, follow on Spotify or wherever you listen. And be sure to share with someone who could also benefit from this information. And if you want to learn more about how I can help you stop normalizing your symptoms and start optimizing your experience, head to BriannaVegas.com or find me on Instagram at BriannaVegasCoaching.